mentored by some of the best minds in entrepreneurship in the world, then you're listening to the right podcast, Ditch Digger CEO. We're going to be interviewing CEOs and founders who will be telling their amazing rags to riches stories. These entrepreneurs who dominate the industries they serve will be sharing the secrets to their success. We'll be talking to millionaires and billionaires, many who started with nothing. You're going to be mentored with golden nuggets of shared experiences from my guests, whose time is worth thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars per hour. I started in the paving business right out of high school. And with no college education, mentorship has been my education of choice. I started over 25 companies in the last 20 years, have generated over $1.5 billion in revenues. My guarantee is this. If you listen to Ditch Digger CEO and you want to be more successful, you will become more successful. The secrets of my success and for many of the world's greatest business leaders will be revealed. Let Ditch Digger CEO mentor you. Welcome to Ditch Digger CEO today. We've got an exciting episode ahead. We've got an amazing person, Sadie Lincoln, who we're, we're interviewing about uh, her, her rags to riches story and her, her Only in America story. Sadie, welcome today to Ditch Digger CEO. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Sadie, you know, we, we, uh, we just love interviewing people like you. You know, looked into your history and uh, your 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 amazing story. So we, we want to you know we want to educate people on uh, only in America rags riches stories. People that have have, have had an idea um, and executed an idea and scaled it. And uh, you know you've you've done an amazing job with it. So we can't wait to get into this stuff with you. Right. Sadie, so, uh, you're you're in Oregon, out in Oregon, right? Yep, Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And. It's a beautiful area out there. Been there yeah. a few times. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Now, uh, tell us about tell tell us about yourself. You you uh, you have family, married, family, uh, daughter, a couple of kids. How many kids? Right, I have two two kids, two big kids, seventeen and nineteen year olds. Um, and I've been married for over twenty years. Yeah. And um, yeah, and Chris is my husband. He's also the co-founder of Bar Three. So we sort of have done everything together. He's my partner in everything. Um, yeah, and here in Portland, Oregon, I have three rescue dogs. I'm officially a dog person. Um, what, kind of, what kind of rescue dog? What kind of dogs are they? <laughs> um, two of them are from Mexico. Um, one of them's uh, a Doberman Chihuahua mix, and the other one is a like a pit Chihuahua situation. And then my third is um, she's like a. <laughs> she's like a terrier mix. She's from Hawaii. She was left in Hawaii. Wow. Yeah. And she's 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 the little one. She's probably the toughest of them all, huh? Yeah. And she's my favorite. <laughs> Girl, I play don't favorite. Say that, don't, say, but don't say that out loud. <laughs> I do all the time. We're used to it. <laughs> uh okay, so so uh see, tell us about tell us about you how you and her husband came up with this idea, this business. I mean, were you in the business before and um how to come about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in the business of fitness before. Really, my whole starting in college, grad school, right out of grad school, um, fitness is, was a passion of mine. And I landed a job with a company called Twenty Four Hour Fitness, um, and I was there for over a little over a decade and really learned um, the business of gyms, fitness gyms. Um, specifically and kind of these big box concepts that are all about uh, membership dues, pretty lower dues um, every month, you know, getting tapped. And the goal there was just to get as many members as you could for every location. 
um, and very, very successful lucrative business model. We grew while I was there. I think we started with around 25 gems. There's an acquisition that happened right when I started that jumped us up. And then by the time I left 10 years later, we had 430 globally. Um, and I was on different teams throughout my career um, from operations and acquisitions um, to sales and marketing. Um, I really loved branding um, and kind of learning about the essence of a company and how to protect that. Um, but I also scaled group exercise. That's actually when I started there, I was that that was the job I had was to teach and scale group exercise amongst many gems. Um, so yeah, that was my background. And then my husband came along. Um, he ended up working about five of those years I was there. And we were given a project by the founder and CEO, Mark Mastrov, to start a small kind of um, what was going to be a franchise concept. And so the two of us, soup to nuts, put this thing together. And it was an amazing opportunity, obviously, to learn that we could work together really well, but also just to learn how to start a business. And um, while we were doing that, parallel pathing, um, we were both wondering, you know, hey, maybe we should leave and do our own thing and solve our own problem that we see in fitness. And that eventually led us to um, starting Bar 3 together. How many years ago was that? Uh, that was like 16 years ago. Yeah, we're celebrating our 15-year anniversary um, this month, actually, here at, here in Portland. Our first studio opened in August of 2008 at the height of the global financial crisis when everybody said, don't do it. <laughs> and for us, it was the best time ever to do it. Um, so, yeah, it's been 15 years. That's aw That's awesome. And uh, when when uh, so you so you work so you worked at this company and then you you just kind of left and started you knew you had a good you knew you had a good idea to solve a problem that that others hadn't solved before. What was what was tell me tell us about the problem? Well, for fundamentally the um, gym business model supports getting as many members as you can. And frankly, if all those members showed up every day, you wouldn't have room for them in, in the gym. So the business model, I mean, this is the truth, is all about like people paying but not coming. So fundamentally, I think that sets up kind of a harder culture um, to deliver on service because the model doesn't really honestly support that, right? You want people to come back, you know, four or five times a week, um, a different model is needed. And so there was that. Um, the other thing that I personally was experiencing was a lot of shame in my body um, because the predominant way we sold fitness was around a physical ideal and that you could come and to the gym and work out and take supplements and get with, you know, a trainer or whatever. And ultimately the big the big like thing that sold was lose weight and get ripped and toned, right? So that you are this picture of success. And I love that idea because I'm a super achiever. I'm a high high performer, big achiever. So that idea really like hooked me. Um, but what I found was that motivation actually made me feel like bad about myself. Um, when I exercised, it became a chore. It became a fight with my body to change it versus something that inherently I used to have, have joy in, moving and group exercise. Um, so 
um, I really went through this inner quiet, nobody knew shame story about my body, body image issues, eating disorder, um, and then pain. I had chronic pain in my body, but I was, you know, I had this idea in my head, no, you have to go hard or it's not going to work. Like, don't, you know, no pain, no gain was the big slogan back then. Um, you know, so many stupid, stupid sayings, you know, your, your, your sweat is your fat crying. Like, I, I just remember these ridiculous, you know, quotes that we put out in the industry. Um, it was about pain um, and shame. And um, I believe fitness is good. I think the fitness industry is good. I think everybody needs fitness. I believe in fitness where I think both my husband and I realized we weren't doing it right is we weren't um, treating people with the right motivation. I think the motivations are what are broke, what's broken and people's relationship with why they're exercising. That's the part that I wanted to tackle. Uh, what if we all exercised to be honest and present in our bodies as a practice of being honest and present in our bodies versus fighting with our body to get somewhere in the future? What would happen, right? And I, I realized, I also loved boutique fitness where it was all about service and connection and you want the people to come back every day because it's not necessarily, it's just a different membership model. It's premium, it's higher, you're, you're paying more. Um, and I thought that, that that would be more conducive to, to solving this psychological problem and to kind of shift the framing of fitness. And that's what we did. And from day one, it was, it's been a huge success. It's, it's really resonating. Wow. And, and where, where's the name come from? Well, we knew we wanted the ballet bar. Um, I love it as a prop to support the body. I love that it wraps around in a circle and kind of pulls everyone shoulder to shoulder. Um, so I knew, and I knew bar was going to be a hot niche in the fitness market. So there was a, a business perspective there. I wanted that in the name. But really what the whole, our whole business is around is the number three. Um, it's a symbol of balance, like a triangle. And that's something Chris and I really wanted to work towards is body balance, life balance, um, really managing our energy proportionate to what matters most to us. That is our definition of balance. Um, to the consumer, it's we combine cardio, strength, and mindfulness, those three things all in one. Cardio, strength, and mindfulness? Yes. And the mindfulness is the important ingredient because that's the ingredient of building your cardio endurance in the moment in a mindful way that's about the present moment. Building your strength to feel the burn, that empowered feeling of getting stronger in the present moment versus trying to get ripped for bikini season. You know, we we infused mindfulness into traditional fitness technique. Cool. That's amazing. Okay, now tell us how you started then and was was this this is not was this this is not store is this a stores I mean this is like uh, retail fronts yes right? yeah boutique studios um yeah one to two studio rooms exercise rooms and then a lobby and one thing we added right from the beginning was a little um, play lounge area for little kids so moms and dads could bring their little baby and 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 we take care of them for an hour while they worked out I had we had a um like two and a half and four-year-old when we opened our first studio. So that was really present of mind. And to this day, almost every studio has that. Oh yeah. And that's gonna, that's gotta be key. I mean, think about it. I don't know many that do that, but boy, what a great idea. I mean, it makes it so much easier for, for a mother to come, a father to come and bring their kid, their kid and have a good time for a little while. Right. 
Yeah. And it's also one of the reasons, you know, it's like most entrepreneurs, we just kept scratching our own edge. And I was, when you're a new parent, it's lonely and confusing. And it's, it was such, it was so joyful for me to see like the mom kind of fighting the baby blues, coming in with her newborn, putting it in the, you know, the play area, getting her workout in it, and then coming out and meeting other moms and, and having that connection. And then they'd all go to the park together. They go get ice cream or, you know, and, you know, I think, you know, we always talk about that those moments are just as healthy as the actual exercise, fighting lonely in the lobby and connecting together. Um, and and I love kind of transition points in people's lives because I think that's the most rich time to learn about yourself. And and being a new mom is certainly one of those those moments. Cool. Okay. So you did, your your first gym was where? Uh, here in Portland, Oregon, in the what's called the Pearl District. Okay. And then, uh, and, and then, you know, did you did you from the very beginning really believe you're building a franchisable model, or was yeah. it like, yeah? So from the, I think it's, I think it's really cool. Not not many people go into it like that. Right. Um, often I see businesses. I was talking to a woman last night actually uh, about a bunch of subjects, business wise and entrepreneurially, and and she mentioned the name of her business. It's a really cool name, and she told me what they what what they do and. And uh, it, it's it, it's just a very successful little business in their their hometown that they run, and and if you if you heard it, you say definitely duplicatable, right? But they've never really thought about it. they 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 were told that recently more often, but for the ten years they've been running it, they'd never never thought of it. I've I've, I've seen a mix, right? I've seen a good friend of mine, her name is Shelly Sun. Do you know Shelly Sun? Mm-mm. She's one of the fastest growing women franchisors, uh, supposedly in the, in the country. Um, her company is called Bright Star. She's she we interviewed her uh, years ago. She she's like a little sister to me. I was in a business forum, forum with her when her business was very small. Um, I think she's got somewhere in the neighborhood of 550 or 600 franchisees now. Um, Bright Star does in-home senior care. Okay. And and uh, she advertises on t- on national TV and all that. Kind of. Anyway, great story. But she like you from the very beginning knew that she was a franchise, and she yeah. she she built one store. And then the next one was a franchise, yeah. and and she is cont- now for the first time actually, Sadie. It's kind of wild, but the first time she's buying some back now. She's buying like yeah. um, ten at a time, buying them back now. Uh, so it's really really a cool story. But yours just so, somewhere that that's pretty that's pretty amazing that you just thought right from the beginning we're gonna build the model and then we're gonna duplicate it and we're gonna franchise it. So did you do you just you have one company store then today or how many do you have? We have six that we own. Yep. Um, and about, I think, 164 franchise. They're all owned and operated by women to date, to date which we're proud of. Kind of cool. Yeah, I think back to that, that I do think that is an ingredient of success is Chris and I knew we were we were going to be franchisors. That is really different than being an entrepreneur. Um, it really is. When I talk, I talk to a lot of um, people that are just starting out that have an amazing business concept and then they decide they want to grow it. And I always remind them, you know, once you start franchising, that becomes your job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not running your store or your concept or your dream, you know, solving your problem. It really does take, you know, a lot of um, skill and effort and understanding around all the franchise law and, you know, what what it really takes. And, and when you're franchising, it's all about scale. Like, just to give you... And understanding of that, my six studios are basically apples to apples revenue um, with our 
what we get from the royalties of 160 or 100, probably 120 studios. So like, you know, it's that <laughs> you get a little bit from all the franchises. So you want to, you really want to have scale. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and I, it, it feels to me like it's definitely entrepreneurial to start it, to get it going. But, but like you're saying, as a franchisee, um, there, there's there's got to be a, a little less creativity because they, they've they've got to be consistent after you've built that model. What do you do? What do you do to for them to let's say let's say a franchisee does you know figure out an itch right or a a, a problem a, a, and and a solution maybe for a problem within their customer base. Um, do you guys continually improve with communication or how does that work? Oh yeah, that's a huge part. One of our core values is love of learning. It is really around growth mindset. And another thing I saw as a problem in the fitness industry is a very fixed mindset. Like you have like an exercise guru with the the plan, that fixed plan that's the method, right? Or the ancient technique that will always solve your fitness problems um, and very rigid um, and confident. So it sells. But um, what I've found, what we're more attached to is evolving based on science. And more importantly, what, what we're noticing is working with our client base um, to balance their bodies and also have them feel empowered within themselves. Both those what, things. So what are your core values then? Love of, our, love of learning? Love of learning, uh, practice authenticity. So that's about being present, practicing being authentic versus trying to be something else. Um, Stronger Together, which is this idea of collective wisdom versus the guru. Everybody matters um, all together. Um, love of learning, make it happen, which is our real entrepreneurial kind of energy and being a, you know, all of our franchisees are make it happen kind of people that wanted to start something and, and do it and take initiative. Well, sell, sell them saying, sell them saying no, right? I mean, I, I, uh, I was away in Aspen at a, um, kind of a, Probably a four-star hotel compared to the five stars there there that we stayed at, and and the service was incredible. They would not say no. They would not say no, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that, or yes, we can do that. But you know, we, we're going to have to do this. I mean, they would just never say no. And and we walked away thinking, oh my gosh, you, you, I, I would stay at that four-star all day long before a five-star because they were amazing. That they, they would they would just want to serve you at every turn. <laughs> it's not, it's really cool. But yeah, kind of the same thing, right? If you if you if you can. You can really exude that that value, right? To to make it happen, always make it happen, right? Yep. Um, think of the, the think of the um, customer satisfaction, right? That you produce. Yeah, our other value, the last one I just remembered when you said that is give generously, and that's that idea of always giving of ourselves as as team members generously to our communities. Um, and like yeah, even when we first when we opened our doors. 15 years ago, I was teaching 19 classes a week because I was the only one that knew my own method that I was evolving. And Chris was, you know, we were like classic, like washing windows, holding babies in childcare. We're checking people in, you know, exhausted. We had two little kids at home and I was so tired, but I would, that's how that value kind of got inside me. As I was driving or walking to work, I would say it over and over in my head, give generously, give generously. I love love it. So when I opened the door, I was, you know, filled with that kind of essence of like that that's my job is to really give generously. Um, And it's really it's really stuck because those in between matter moments really do matter even more than when we're teaching a class. 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen over and over the, the most successful businesses are the champions of serving, right? Serving their customers better than anybody else, right? And that and that mindset, you know, you know, give generously. I mean, as as well as make it happen. I mean, you're going to be you're going to be doing that every day. It's really cool. All right, and so when you when you um okay, so your first six stores or your six stores today, are they all around Portland? Yep, yeah, and one in the West Village in Manhattan. Okay. And then, and then uh, the other ones, the other 164, are they all over the country or are they mostly? All over the, they're all over the country. Yeah. We're really, truly just scattered all over. Yep. And different kinds of markets. We're in suburban markets, smaller kind of urban markets. We're um, really all different, different environments. We're proving it out. Do you have to have a, a certain demographic as far as population? Um, tell, tell us about kind of the demographics that you look for, for, for franchisee. If they say, hey, you know, Sadie, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to be on the team. I want to, I want to, you know, own my own store. Um, what do you look for? What are let's, a few of the top things that you look for? Let's say it's a combination of like household income, education, um, density of population for sure, um, and then kind of more of the softer things like health minded. Um, sometimes we'll even we'll tell owners like what kind of like when they're picking their location, like, where do you want to go? Because our owners are our best clients too. They they resonate with the product. Almost all of them started as a client, maybe became an instructor. So they already know like what kind of vibe they want. It is a premium experience. So like having the studio near a Whole Foods, for example, is really nice, you know, and where you would want to park and bring your baby in. Um, you know, some of those um, more kind of intuitive metrics um, we use as well as, you know, figuring out the territories that that's more database. Right. Right. And, uh, and you know, population wise, is it, is it, uh, you know, is it, um, you know, hundred thousand people within X miles, uh, what, you know, any, anything, I mean, I know. Probably, I'm not sure. I'm not it's sure. got, it's got to be, uh, it's, it, your, your, your radius probably isn't much more than five miles or what, what you know, 10 miles. What would it be? <laughs> I totally should know that. I have no idea. I wonder what, yeah, uh, I wonder what it's not, it's not, I know that it's not necessarily by miles. It's more about, yeah, density and the, the people in that area. Um, we don't do it strictly by zip code, for example. Um, we have a mapping software and a company that helps us with all that. Nice. Nice. Um, tell, tell us what, I mean, on an annual basis, what do you do to keep your, your franchisees like, um, educated up you know up to date i mean um you know listen listening listening to them to see if there's anything new out there you should be considering um what does that look like um well we have a whole system and an incredible team um dedicated to this a lot of it um let's see where should i start a lot of it is um digital based so we have an online learning hub um, and that is a just so much rich content there. Everything from like our core values to like the latest um, technique for putting the new window cleans up on the window. <laughs> you know, operations, marketing, leadership, brand, and then our instructor training and um, continuing education is all on there. So for every level of any employee, whether you're a deep cleaner in our studio all the way up to a studio owner or, or founder and CEO, um, you'll have different levels of access on this hub. And we have many people working on it. Um, we've had it for a long time. We've, I think we've had it since 2011. Um, so really honed that process. Um, 
And then within that process, we have a way of um, of our, our teams all across the country contributing. So they'll send us classes that they videoed, for example, and if we like it, we'll share it out with the whole team or, or they'll evolve a move in a way that's really mindful and thoughtful and we'll, we'll send that out to the team. We have a full-time person that just works on music and um, that person gathers um, music ideas from from the team all across the country. So we have really strict licensing. So we, it's hard to find good songs that when we do, we're excited about it. Um, so there's really this like open kind of two-way learning that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another big thing to mention that's very important is our Franchise Advisory Council. It's peer selected. So we have a board of franchisees who represent all of the franchisees who we meet with regularly. Um, they um, stand up when they're upset about something and, and you know, generate, you know, conversation with us around that. They also will kind of test things with them and, and test things out before we, they really have a say in how we communicate, how we evolve, how we innovate. Um, and, um, you know, it's a really, it's a coveted position. They're really proud of it. It's a great way for them to be leaders. Um, it's just one of the the ways we listen to our franchisees. We send out surveys a lot. We have an annual summit where we all come together. Um, we have what we round tables where we go out into the field and different thought leaders within our headquarters will literally sit around tables with them and do experience sharing and training. Um, and then lastly, we do kind of like you mentioned business forum. I've been a part of EO, entrepreneur organization. YPO is a big one. I'm now part of Summit Junto. We do that kind of idea with the franchisees where they all gather on Zoom and um, basically experience share best practice to learn from each other in small group interactions. Mm-hmm. That's been really, really um, successful too. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and I, we do some of that same stuff. My, my son was an EO and he's a YP, he's in YPO nowadays. I was in YPO, I've been in YPO for about 19 years now, I guess. Um, and, and, and the experience share of other people that are, that are, you know, going through similar leadership challenges, right, in business, really makes a big difference, doesn't it? It really does. I was part of EO for, I think, seven years during those foundational years of growth. And I'm so thankful. I don't think I would be um, as successful as I am without that group, truly. It was it was pretty amazing. Yeah, and then you keep you can keep doing more. I mean, I'm in YPO Gold now, so it's over 50, right? Then okay. I didn't know they had it for us elders. For not, for for us elder, not you, but yeah, I am fifty one. I'm I aged out of it. Yeah, that's I'll, good. Yeah, why people why old is and we have you know a couple chapters in the Chicagoland area. One one in Florida where I'm at right now, and uh, it's awesome. And it's you know you're just a dif- different stage in your business life probably and fam- family life, and and it's uh it's awesome to be you know on a monthly basis to be there with people you trust, right? And I, yeah. and I recommend recommend this to everybody. You know. Even if you're not an EO, YPO, you know, find find great friends, great people that you that they're potentially going through similar issues in business and similar challenges that you trust that will look out for you and you'll look out for them, right? And, and it's amazing the results that can happen, right? That aren't a part of your business or your family. Yes. Absolutely. Or your close friendship group. Yeah. It is so important to sur- that has been the key to my success is surrounding myself with my own little board of directors, if you will. Yes. Uh, that are not 
tied to anything you're doing and can really see you as an individual. Um, that yeah, I it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing to have that kind of support. Yeah, and you know what? It, and and I, you end up being friends with most of them, and most of the people on that advisory board. But you're right; if, if they're not attached to those things, your 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 family life, your your business life, and they can just answer questions totally honestly, right? Not not uh, sugarcoating anything, right? Yeah. Ask them be brutally honest. Yeah, you could be, but you could be brutally honest, right? And that's how that's how good things happen. Uh, yeah, no, we, I, I have a lot of fun with that, and, you, and it's cool that you're doing that now within your 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 franchisees, which is awesome. And now, what about what about the customers? That what about the customers? Are, are, do they do they have some type of voice to say, "Gosh, can you you know, do you ever think of this? You ever think of that?" I mean, do you guys you guys uh, interact with them a lot, and how, how each franchisee does that, or how does that go? Yeah, a lot of that is socialized right in the studio, um, getting feedback, adjusting, and then the franchisees will bring that feedback to us. Or we have six studios where we're, the, it's basically our petri dish for, it's our lab for the rest of the company. Um, we recently launched B3 Cardio, B3 Strength, um, based on, you know, such an energized um, kind of reaction from our client base on our digital platform. So we have a digital online platform that reaches people in 140 countries. They subscribe to our online workouts. Wow. Um, a very successful part of our business. That is an amazing way to um, pilot things, to do all our R&D on and to gather data and, and um, you know, user data, like how often they're using it, but also the comment board is really engaged. Um, so we can ask anything and we'll get lots of, lots of people at home commenting because people who work out at home really, really love that, that board and, and being able to contribute to, you know, our evolution and innovations. I like that. So you can pilot over that, over those 100, 140 countries you said you're in? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And we launched B3 Cardio and B3 Strength online thinking we were just going to do it online and it was such a success. And it's basically like a pulled out version of what we do in our Bar 3 Signature class, just a 30-minute version versus having it kind of cut up throughout the class. Um, it was so successful there. We decided to pilot it in our studios. That was so successful that we we are now launching it company-wide. Awesome. And does that also give you like that your na- more name recognition globally and everything else so that I mean, if people want to start in other marketplaces, they know who you are, right? They 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 they've had the relationship online with you, and and then they probably dig and look into what you guys do physically in your stores. Yeah, probably up the eyes to more people to be franchisees, right? Certainly, it's a great way to seed our franchise market. Yeah, and we are a franchisor first and foremost. We have my husband and I have what we call our guiding principles, which is the things like we won't budge from with the team and we, we built these guiding principles so we can empower our leadership team to run our company. Um, we're not actively running the company day to day anymore. And one of those guiding principles is around managing our energy. And everybody agrees around the table that first and foremost, when you're prioritizing your energy to prioritize our franchisees and our studio business and specifically how well we're teaching our bar three signature class, because that is the foundation of our company. Getting distracted would hurt us, and it's easy to do. Um, but once we're doing that really well, which we are, and we, then we build from there. Then, then we continue to build our online platform. Mm-hmm. What's it? What's the signature class? That's the Bar Three class, and and it's sixty minutes, sixty or forty five minutes. 
Um, it's very beat driven. Um, play music is really important to us, and we combine strength, cardio, and mindfulness. Um, and I would say what really I like the best about the Bar Three Signature class and our and our philosophy in general is our way of teaching a class with seamless transition. So every single second counts. Highly efficient, very challenging, but we manage to um, help clients modify. So they don't have to do everything like everybody else. So for example, I have um, arthritis flare up right now. I can't do plank on the floor. I've been doing plank at the ballet bar. Um, that's you know a way of standing up for myself and what, what I'm feeling in my body. We do that throughout the entire class for um, the most common kind of aches and pains in the body. And it's a sustainable practice that you can do five times a week without injury. Right. What's, what so so if you said um, if you looked at the industry, you looked at the old you know, place you used to work, and I've seen those all over the place at twenty four hour fitnesses and all the different ones are out there. What what purely differentiates you? If you know, a customer says or a franchisee says, ah, you know, are they any different than you know these guys, those this company, that group or this group? What what are your strongest differentiators that you you have today that and and, and maybe that year, you know, will keep you uh, differentiated tomorrow. Every single person who is a stakeholder at Bar 3, again, from a deep cleaner to the play lounge gals that take care of babies to our instructors and our owners are committed to redefining what success in fitness means, to helping people build a positive relationship with their body through fitness um, versus fighting their body to a finish line uh, and imagined ideal in the future. That philosophy is our glue. And... Um, it's the thing I'm most proud of because it truly is every single stakeholder at Bar 3. You will not ever, ever hear things like we're working out to get ready for bikini season. So you look hot for date night. Like you won't ever hear us saying that because there's a shame story in that. And every person who is a part of Bar 3, they're, they've changed their body um, and their mindset so much so that they want to be a part of what we're doing. So they're they're coming from a very personal place versus kind of a corporate place where they were trained to do that. It's very honest. Um and um we've we've figured out how to do that honest thing at scale, which, you know, is 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 a movement. It's not it's not really fitness. It's a movement. And you're talking about that's a part. You're talking about very kind of variable training for that that's uh that that you know one person may uh draw energy from one type of training another not another a different type of training but um instead of uh yeah you know, the old days where you know no pain no gain and you know that you know you know it's you know 10 more reps you, you know get them done and you're not going home i mean i mean yeah i you know i i you know i was i was actually a bodybuilder as a young guy from the time i was 17 to 22 or something like that right and I, and I had fun with it, but you know it was it, it was pretty pretty crazy, and you know a lot of yelling and screaming and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's probably not the best energy in the world, right? But but so, so you're saying that you know you individually can you guys you guys figure out what creates energy for the person that the person or group of people you're training, right? Yeah, that, yeah. There's longevity in it, because um, when you see yourself in fitness and it feels like something that's inherently who you already are versus pushing yourself, you want to come back for more. It feels good. Um, you hear from clients a lot that we're sophisticated and highly challenging, both. 
And the sophistication is you're not patronizing. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe you. I trust you. Um, yeah. I feel cool in this class, not kind of like manipulated. Um, and the results are important to us. Everybody wants to move forward. I'm a high performer. Most of the people that enter my studio are too. Um, we care about results. How we get there is different. Hmm. And, and some people, you know, there's some people that, that demand, big, you know, bigger results for themselves than others, right? I mean, and yes. it, it's what, for you, it's it's finding the sweet spot that makes them, makes them feel good, happy, feel good, and, yeah. and hopefully produce great, great health, right? Yeah. Yeah. For the long term. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. That, that's uh, really cool stuff. I mean, I, I love what you guys are doing. I can't wait to see some of your 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 store. So okay, so are there any in? I'm in I'm in uh, Southeast Florida. Or excuse me, Southwest Florida, Southwest Florida, and and uh, and I'm down by Naples and you know to Fort Myers, all that area, and then I'm in Chicagoland area, Northwest suburbs of Chicago. Do you have any stores in these areas? We have. Um, <laughs> yes, we do. Um, oh, where? I'm trying to think in Florida what would be near you. I don't know Florida very well. I mean, again, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Yeah. But uh, we do have some studios in Florida. We do have some in Chicago area, like West Loop. Um, Mm. I forget, but we do. We have several in both markets. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll look look them up and see what you got. I want to go visit them. I I try to work out a few, three, four days a week at least. I mean, when I'm I'm doing well, five or six days a week. But, you know, I'm I'm a little bit like your your mentality, right? I I do it because I want to because I have fun doing it. And I'm not going to kill. I'm not going to kill myself doing. It. I just want to. I want to stay in good shape. And uh, and but uh, but I'm not. You know, uh, if I, if other things pop up, definitely done. check us out online because you can get. There's so much diversity online. Um, we have a lot of male instructors, for example. Um, and our strength program is really popular right now. It's slow, controlled movement with heavier weights. Um, and really thoughtful. Um. So yeah, yeah, I, I always recommend everybody try things online. Um, and then the studio, nothing beats it. I mean, the, the energy and the connection and um, the music, all that, you know. How big, how, big is it, how big is the average studio? I mean, the square footage wise, is it? About 2,000 square feet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do you, do you have like, uh, you know, if, if, if somebody is looking to franchise and, and it wants to be a franchisee, what, mm-hmm. what, Type of revenues average or anything like that that a person can ge- generate and, and a profit they can look at or I mean that ab- kind of average average or no? We all have. You can go to our website to find more information. But as a franchisor, legally we're not allowed to give numbers like that. But we have spreadsheets that you can fill out with like a model so you can understand you know quickly how much money you can you can potentially make. Um, and we walk you through all of that if you're interested. The first the first step is to go to our website and we have a, you know, clear clear place, you know, um, to check out what it what it's like to own one of our studios. Give us that website. It's bar three B A R R E three dot com. That's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, right now when when you look at the you know, where you're at today and where you, where you and Chris want to go. Um, we have, what, what's your, what's kind of a wild, wild, crazy goal that you guys want to hit, you know, for in the next, let's say five years, 10 years, um, you know, how many stores do you want to, to have? Well, number one, um, I would just say wild and crazy goal. Like I didn't have this, but in retrospect, 
I am so proud of how well we did through COVID. We had to shut all our studios, obviously. Um, and we actually grew in units during COVID. It's, it's, it's a real testament to our culture and our product that we were as resilient. We were at 156 locations in 2019. We're now at 170. My industry average, the comparison, 30% of boutique fitness, my competitors closed permanently. Wow. So I am like so optimistic for the future because we survived that. It was the ultimate test of our vision, mission, values, our core values, our our guiding principles, you know, this all this stuff we've been talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimate test of that. And the fact that we franchised and these women owned those locations and fought so hard to keep it strong and won. Like, I just think like where I feel bulletproof. Um, and yeah. you made one of the toughest economic challenges of our time, right? And you and you guys survived it, right? I and, and I have you survived I, it. I mean, they're so amazing. My team is so epic, you know. So our goals, we don't, Chris and I never have a number. We don't get attached to a number in the future. Um, but we have what we call rocks, which are the three things that we focus on each year. We only focus on three. And they're three things that move us out of the ordinary into more extraordinary. Um, and one of them is higher growth in the franchise model. So looking at new ways to grow our footprint. Um one thing we're highly interested in is bar concepts who are struggling, who want to join our family and flip to bar three. Um, that is one thing I'm really passionate about, helping business owners who just need to need the kind of support we have with our infrastructure. Um, so an acquisition strategy is 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 something we're actively pursuing, um, which is new. Um, we've never done that before, but I certainly have done that 24-hour fitness. Um, and then um, focusing on our digital product. So it really enhances the studio client experience versus just the people who want to work at, out at home versus in studio. We want to create a product that enhances the studio client experience. So for example, um, um, content around getting a good night's rest, um, getting sleep, nutrition, things that you know kind of enhance. So that's another thing we're really focused on in terms of growth. Um, is a real omni-channel kind of product. Sleep is so underrated, isn't it, by so many, including myself. It I is. Sleep. It's amazing how much more energy. It is number one focus in my household. But for my teens, my husband, myself, we that is the number one thing I focus on is sleep um, because it is absolutely foundational to everything else. Um, and and I, wait, what, what, what's your general sleep, that you, you know, amount of sleep, good sleep that you recommend? Well, I mean, I think everybody's so different, but mm -hmm. if everyone could get eight hours of sleep a night, it would, it'd be phenomenal. All right. Yeah. That's that. That's a tall, that's the, what the science says. Right. Um, but I know I do like the aura ring and that kind of thing to just monitor my own sleep. I think more importantly, it's a discovery of self and mm -hmm. really tracking those days you feel groggy or grumpy or, um, you know, digestion is off or, um, you know, um, more pain and inflammation in the body, just kind of noticing um, how that relates to how much sleep you got. Sure. Or what interrupts your sleep, like drinking wine right before bed or you know, all the things we all. Uh, 
before uh, yeah coffee before you go to bed sometime yeah i, I do that sometimes right. um awesome um okay so we um we want to we want to um i want to get to chris here you know chris are you any questions and chris chris uh, i know has, has jotted down a bunch of nuggets that he liked in in this in this uh podcast as i as well as i have um chris what any questions for for our all-star here yeah, definitely. Sadie, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. That was super inspiring. Um, I'm I'm always curious why our guests uh, choose franchising as a growth strategy. Could you uh, delve into that and, and share your perspective there? Uh, yeah, number one is I wanted my investors, I still do, I wanted my investors to be people with um, as much passion around our vision, mission, and values as I have, and to actually evolve the company in the real way with me. So my investors are my franchisees. We have no outside capital to date. We've we've pulled in no institutional money. We've gone on cash flow for 15 years. My investors are, you know, the people who buy into Bar 3 and open up their own studios. So, um, and again, I think that's why we were so successful um, during COVID. If we had owned all these studios and went out and got a big private equity, you know, run, um, I don't think we would have survived. I, I At least 30% of our studios probably would have closed. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. I love that uh, you're, you're looking at your franchisors, franchisees as investors. Absolutely. They're my business partners. Yep. Each yeah. and every one. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you determine if a potential franchisee is the right fit? Combination, um, business skills, understanding of leadership, for sure, important. Um, an authentic understanding of Bar 3 and a resonance with our core values is foundational and a must. Um, and a real understanding and desire to make it happen, like to really drive their business every day, each and every day. It is a lovely, can be a lovely lifestyle to own a studio and it's a lot of work. Um, and so finding that spark and that drive, um, chemistry, we do a lot of this kind of the backdrop stuff to, to weed out the, the real hot leads and then getting around the table is kind of the final like gut check if this is going to work or not. Um, and some of that is chemistry, just making sure that, you know, these owners are going to be really happy um, with our team and, and um, you know, for, for the long haul. And so far that's worked really well. We have um, owners, our franchisees re-sign multiple times. We've seen that over the years. Um, and then our resale is really strong as well. Um, franchisees who decide they want to make a lifestyle change and leave. They have such a rich community of clients asking to, you know, be a part of, of bar three that, you know, that's been really successful for us too. Could, could it it really is important to do it upstream. Do you sell multiple, will you sell three, four or five uh, franchises or just one per, per franchise CD? We are almost predominantly owner operated with one studio, sometimes two on occasion more markets, but um, that's that's not the norm for us. Cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so I, I know with kind of marketing your, your franchise business, there, there's lots of rules and regulations. You can't say specific numbers, like how much money you'll expect to make that first, second, third year, whatever. Um, do you have any specific strategies for or uh, separating yourself from other 
of franchises that your franchisees maybe look for? I think it's um, the separation is in the product and the value of the product um, and in the owner's belief that that uh, what we offer is going to be competitive in their market. And it it almost always is. Um, my competitors tend to be more traditional fitness. Um, we're so specific. Our niche is so specific um, that the differentiation is pretty clear from from the beginning. Awesome. Awesome. All right. And my, uh, my final question, uh, I, I love your emphasis on empowering, you know, women owners here. Um, you said earlier, every one studio owner is a woman. That's incredible. I don't think we had a, a guest on say that. Uh, we've got a lot of really amazing guests on. Um, so how, how can, you know, how can we help more women to become successful entrepreneurs? Number one is, I think, um, thinking about our young girls as as they're, you know, being brought up into the world, exposing them. You know, you can't be it till you see it. I love that, you know, that that statement, like exposing young girls and young women to other women who are doing amazing things in the world is hugely important. Um, I think all genders are responsible for the young women and the women of the future. It's not just a women's only movement. We're all responsible for raising empowered, strong, confident women. Um, and I, I think more is more, you know, and and highlighting like, you know, ha- being conscious about who's on your stage if you're hosting a panel. Always have a woman on the stage with you, you know. Um, for that matter, diversity is important. Have someone of color on the stage. Again, you can't see it till you, you can't be it till you see it. Like it's so important um, to to be conscious about representing, um, you know, all different different facets. We were talking about YPO earlier. Candidly, in two thousand eight, nine, ten, I didn't want to join YPO because there were hardly any women a part of it, and it was really important to me to be around other women. Ironically, now, 15 years later, I work in a company of all women. My forum right now is all men, and it's really refreshing. I need that that balance. But when I was starting out, I really needed like badass, really successful women um, because my problems were unique to that, like being a mom, being a woman, like having guilt that I wasn't at home with my kids. You know, some of those struggles are super real and, um, you know, having a support system around it and not and not kind of dismissing that. And, you know, it's, it's huge. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you for answering this question. That, that was great. Now I'm now share my, my nuggets of wisdom that I both on this incredible interview. Um, if you're passionate about your business idea, pursuing even if it's during the height of the recession, <laughs> exercise to be honest and present in your body. I'm, I'll definitely bring that to the gym later today. Um, want your customers to come back every day, unlike some other business models. Scratch your own inch for business success. We've heard that a lot. Uh, Transition points are the best times to learn about yourself. That's, you know, completely reframes a lot of uh, major life issues and struggles. The between moments sometimes matter more than even your core service. So, you know, saying hello to uh, 
counselors and holding their baby arguments there. If they can figure out how they need to souls. And finally, getting advice from folks who are not friends or family uh, is key to success. Um, where, where can our audience find out more about you and Bar3? Uh, thank you. Well, again, Bar3.com, B-A-R-R-E-3.com, and then social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, probably on, I don't know, is it is it Twitter anymore? It's something else now. Um, Threads? We're on all the things. I've got great social media people. And I have my own social media too, Sadie Lincoln. Instagram is usually where I hang out and I I love hearing from people. Sadie, Sadie, I love so much about uh, you know, this this podcast and the and the things you talk about. I mean, you're you're a you're you you and your husband have done an amazing job in a short period of time to grow something really special. And and you know, you're an example for so many that that, you know, hey, you got something you're passionate about, you know you you know a lot about it. Um, you know, you can do it all on your own, right? With with you can have twenty stores of your own right now. You'd be pulling your hair out probably, right? Instead, you've got all these franchisees that continue to help you, you know, make this make this you know, make bar three better and better and better. Um, I, I love I love the uh, you know stronger together. I mean, I, I think that's what you do. That's that really describes what, who you are, what you do. Um, when you think about the roundtabling and the forums that you've created after learning on your own, right, from the organization you've been part of to do that within your own organization is really cool. We do this a little bit, but it makes me think I got to do it more because, you know, we, we've got some great leaders. We do get them together once in a while, but not near enough. And I think that's so important to get your, get, get these these passionate leaders together on a consistent basis to learn and grow from from each other, right, and their experiences. So uh, really fun having you on. You're, you're an awesome person. I'd love to meet Chris someday. Um, thanks for all you do to, to inspire others. You, if, if you ever get a chance to listen to more of our podcasts, there's, like I said, Shelly's son is a person, if you ever want to meet her, she's like a little sister to me, okay? One of the greatest franchisees I know in, in, the, in the world. Uh, Jimmy John was also is also a friend of mine. He was at my second podcast, another great franchisor, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if you, if you, if you, if you run across any of our, any of our, our, our stories and you want to meet any, just let, call me directly and, and I'll, I'll get you on a call with them because I think it's the same thing, right? As you're building this, this awesome franchise system, um, to, to meet others that have been there and done it before, you know, I'm sure you're doing that is, is just awesome. It's an awesome experience, right? So, yeah. Thank you. Noted. It's awesome. So thank you so much for being here. Really, uh, you know, you're, you're the example of the American dream. You and Chris are an example of an amazing couple, amazing family. And I don't know Chris, but now that we know you, we know that he's got to be one, one, one strong character of a person. And, uh, thank you for who you are. So thank you. If, if you need any of us ever, call me direct, call Chris or I direct anytime. And uh, thank you so much for being a Ditch Digger CEO today. And uh, until next time. If you enjoy this show, please share with anyone else you think will find value here. And please go to our website, ditchdiggerceo.com for show notes, links, video clips, and more nuggets of entrepreneurial wisdom. Don't forget to follow me on social media at Ditch Digger CEO. Cans, paper routes, mowing lawns, cans, Daddy had six kids to raise. Factory and not a neighbor my day. Learn by example, not the words you say.
Watched them as they left the university. 